Welcome to the Dating Kinky Podcast, a cast about love, sex, romance, and kink. Today we're answering the kinky question of the week posed two weeks ago. I'm a submissive in a DS relationship, and I'm also polyamorous. My dominant is poly as well, but is jealous and territorial. Is anyone else both DS and poly? And how does that work for you? I wrote out my answer when I got the question and shared it, and then put the question out on social media. There are links in the show notes. I'll share my original answer, some of your answers from social media, then the discussion Zach Budd and I had on the topic. I am a dominant. I am also territorial. I call it possessive. I'm polyamorous and monoromantic, um, which means I only have that Twitter-pated romantic feeling for one person at a time thus far in my life, no matter how many people I love and date. That said, my submissive is also polyamorous, and I want him to live the life he needs to live to be fulfilled and happy. I like to teach that my priorities in DS are first, my needs, second, my submissive's needs, third, my wants, and lastly, my submissive's wants. My need is to have a solid relationship and to feel that ownership. My submissive's needs are to enjoy different experiences and people. I have this need as well, so I understand it. Then we negotiate from there. How do we make sure that both of us are fulfilled and our DS is strong and loving? Well, he suggested some rules for himself and his relationships that he wanted, and I agreed to after much discussion because um, I wanted to make sure that uh, we didn't create things that were going to engender resentment. These rules fully support our DS relationship and our love. I also see him as mine, and I am proud when others enjoy and desire him because ultimately he belongs to me. I own him like uh, an awesome sports car that I let others drive for the joy of it. But of course, my ownership is not just a piece of paper. It's through love and years of our bond building, uh, seven plus years. And he always returns to me because I've captured his heart and soul um, so far, no matter what fun he may have with others like letting someone else walk my dog or keep him overnight. He's not happy to return to me because I own him like property, but because we are the best ourselves we can be together. And frankly, if this ever changed, if I were not 100% the best choice for him ever, always, I would not want him to have the relationship we have because that's the foundation of it all. And on jealousy, I mean, I have a few things to say on that. Uh, I teach non-monogamy and classes on jealousy. Jealousy is not just unmet needs, although it often can point to needs in a relationship. It just doesn't mean that they are being unmet or even that they should be met. It's an internal sign of fear and should be honored, but it's not necessarily someone else's responsibility to help or fix. 
the best way to get over jealousy is to deal with the jealousy in my experience. It's like a muscle that needs to be worked. If it's weak, you're going to have a hard time handling the load, but avoiding it doesn't make you stronger, it makes you weaker. Jealousy is only overcome when your fears are faced and when they're overcome with consistent love, a strong relationship, communication, and returning to each other. A few answers from social media I'd like to share. I'm not sure if this is a perfect solution, but there are, may be a way to satisfy the top's possessiveness with the bottom's needs. If the bottom were a gift or a loan to the other players, they'd still have the ownership. Not knowing all the particulars of the relationship, I don't know if this would work, but if the couple wants this to work, it sounds like they'll have to apply some creativity. Slave to her. The people I have relationships with are people first and foremost. Then they are potentially my toy or submissive or princess or whatever. Our relationship doesn't eat up their entire autonomy since they keep jobs and have relationships with family, etc. So their relationships with others also do not exist under my umbrella of influence. While I haven't had much difficulty with this personally, I've absolutely seen that it is difficult. This is an insecurity issue for your D-type to work through in whatever way works for them. What you can do is be as empathetic as possible, but hold strong boundaries around your areas of autonomy. If your D attempts to extend their influence outside the dance space, designated for your relationship by the two of you in equal space, you can lovingly, compassionately, but most importantly, firmly hold that boundary. With time, degrowth and solid boundaries from you, it will hopefully become normalized. Cupid doll, host of our monthly newbies night. I'm in a 24-7 TPE. While I have theoretical control over my partner's interactions in other relationships, I've decided that the only ethical way to do that is to maintain my own strict boundaries over exerting that power. I only require communication as soon as possible about her vanilla relationships. While I have veto power over her DS and kink relationships outside of me, I strictly use it for vetting and red flags. Even then, I'm wary about using it, and in all my DS relationships, only used it on one person who was unsafe. And then only after getting input from neutral third parties. Ragtag. So there you have some answers from myself and the community. Here are Zach and I discussing the question and talking it through. Okay. I'd love that. I'm yeah. a submissive in a DS relationship, and I'm also polyamorous. My okay. dominant is poly as well, but is jealous and territorial. Is mm. anyone else both DS and poly? And how does that work for you? Yes, I am both DS and poly. Um, I have multiple relationships in which I am the dominant. Uh, one of my partners um, and I have a 24-7 TPE. Um, it's now she's not living in some long distance, but it's like she literally wakes up every morning, gives me a wake up call and has to report clothing and checks in with me throughout the day. Um, and she has multiple partners um, and she has another partner that um, is also a dominant. So yes, it does work. Um, it can work. So a couple things, and this is going to sound like a broken record, but I found that a lot of these questions can be answered this way. 
uh, communicate. <laughs> what? It, what? Right? I know. Go figure. You know, straightforward, honest, and open communication. You really have to talk about things. Uh, the bigger issue I hear this person having, rather than being a sub who's in a DS relationship with a dominant and being polyamorous, none of those things are necessarily a problem. The problem is the fact that your dominant is jealous and territorial. That's going to become an issue because there's no way mm -hmm. that you can fix that. They're going to have to work on Agreed. that. Um, there is no amount of you doing you know, X, Y, Z plus one, two, and three, and somehow making their insecurity go away. This never happens, regardless of whether or not it's a DS, regardless of whether or not they're a dom. People's insecurities are their insecurities and they have to work on them. If they are jealous, it is a, it's a feeling that they have and that you cannot fix. Trust mm -hmm. me, I have tried to appease someone else who is jealous. It never, ever works because they just find other reasons to be uncomfortable. And ultimately, it becomes a form of abuse where they're trying to force you to make them more comfortable rather than deal with the fact that they're the one that has an underlying insecurity. And in many cases, if they're jealous to the point where you're calling them jealous, territorial, and, and things mm -hmm. like that, it is probably already pathological. It is a problem that they need to work with. I'm not saying it cannot work because it absolutely can. I do it. But the insecurities need to be worked on by that mm -hmm. person and no one else can fix them. I agree. Um, also, hashtag... always your first, <laughs> first statement. I agree with Zach. There you go. Um, hashtag said, I'd like to add a crucial fact facet of communication is expectation management, which that's pretty freaking important expectation management. And we should probably talk about that a little bit before I go into my answer. Go for so it. expectation management, um, to me, that simply means that a human needs to be self-aware enough, needs to take the time to learn what are the covert contracts that they have a tendency to build into their lives. Like if I'm having sex with this person, then we're starting a long-term relationship. Or if um, this person says they love me, then we are on the relationship escalator towards marriage or so on and so forth. What are the, the assumptions that you have a tendency to make and then start explicitly negotiating and talking about those because the from my perspective the only way to actually manage expectations is to talk about them because otherwise in the back of your head yes communication because no. otherwise in the back of your head they can still sneak up and say, well, you know, it's got to be like this. I mean, who wouldn't think this if, you know, this thing is happening? They said they love me. That must mean that they want to be with me forever. And for some people, loving somebody doesn't mean that they want to be with them forever. It, it simply means that they love them, right? They're affectionate and feel good towards them. But they got other shit to do, right? Like, so loving them doesn't necessarily mean a relationship to them. These are things that are important to address. Zach, do you have anything to go on the expectation management? Absolutely. One of the things I was going to say, and I actually wrote it down so I didn't forget it, is I learned this years ago. There are two reasons, and actually it's more like 1.5, but there are two reasons that any relationship ever ends. 
and I mean any relationship, whether it be employer, employee, uh, romantic, friendship, any relationship between two entities only ever ends for one of two reasons, and sometimes both. It is either a lack of communication or unrealistic expectations. And quite frankly, you can deal with unrealistic expectations by properly communicating them. I'd and add a third. Oh, go for it, shoot. I mean, okay, no, okay. That's that the morbidity. It actually fall under unrealistic expectations. The expectation <laughs> is that relationship is going to continue past death is unrealistic. Aha. Got it. Yes. I, go. I, yeah. I love the way you play skip jump with the logic. <laughs> that's, that's just, it's, those, these are facts. The expectation that a relationship is going to continue after death is unrealistic, right? We could talk about that later. We can go into so much deep philosophy. Don't even get me sure. wrong. But yeah, sure. so no, that, I mean, so be, between viable entities, <laughs> there's those, only those two reasons. And really, it's just one that you've got to communicate. If you are having unrealistic expectations and they're not being properly communicated, that's a problem. And if, so mm -hmm. if someone has the expectation that you are going to somehow do the right things to help them deal with their insecurity, that is unrealistic because ultimately you are the one that has insecurity. I always try to tell people who are feeling jealousy, you need to be aware of the fact that you are the only person that is having that feeling in this interaction and you have to deal with it. It is not fair to make somebody else somehow have to jump through hoops to manage something that you're feeling and aren't dealing with. Um, that That is just you know an unrealistic expectation. So that's where I come uh, with that. I agree. There you go again. See, I'm. T this is why you're so darn smart. <laughs> See, I'm just right, gonna right? say that and just watch it. Uh, like as soon as he realizes that his eyes go woo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to the oh, original yeah. topic of of power exchange and and polyamory. So, my response is, I am a dominant. I am also what I would consider territorial. I call it possessive. This is mine. Um. I'm also polyamorous and monoromantic, which means that while I have deep, intimate feelings of love for multiple people, um, I really only get that Twitter-pated sort of romantic feeling for one person at a time thus far in my life, no matter how many people I might love and date at any given time. Um, so that said, my submissive is also polyamorous, and I want him to be able to live the life he needs to live in order to be fulfilled and happy. And to be clear, this is part of my possessiveness. Um, it's important to me to enable his feelings of happiness and joy. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have uh, this hierarchy of needs that I talk about when it comes to DS. And um, for me, my needs are um, my priorities are my needs, my submissive needs, my wants, my submissive's wants. It's that simple. My needs will always come first. I believe every human, their needs must come first. It's that simple. Um, because I'm the dominant, um, my submissive's needs come next, but then my wants come before their needs. You know, it's, it, or before their, not my wants. My wants come before their wants, but their needs always come before my wants. So my desire to do 
some silly thing right now is always going to become becoming behind their need mm -hmm. for something in our relationship. Mm -hmm. This is important to, to the relationship. So my need is to have a solid relationship with my submissive and to feel that ownership, that possessiveness. Mm -hmm. My son's needs are to enjoy different experiences and people. And I have this need as well, so I totally understand it. So the goal for us is to negotiate from there, right? How do we make sure that both of us are fulfilled, that our power exchange relationship is strong and loving? Mm -hmm. And the way we did that is he suggested some rules. Now I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch on the word rules. Um, for a lot of people, rules, in polyamory is not cool. You can state boundaries, but rules are not cool. I disagree. I think do it the way that you want to do it, right? If, if it doesn't work out, if you're like, well, they broke a rule, then you need to renegotiate. Maybe rules aren't going to work for you, but for some people it does. So what he did is he came up with rules for himself and his relationships that he wanted. And we discussed it. There was a lot of like discussion going on because they seemed really strict to me, but I agreed because he convinced me that this is what would be right for him. And I didn't want, you know, resentment or anything building up. Um, mm. But those rules fully support our power exchange and mm. our love. So I fully see him as mine and I, I'm proud <clears throat> when others enjoy and desire him because ultimately he belongs to me. I own him. Like and I use the, the analogies of an awesome sports car that I let mm -hmm. others drive for the joy of it, or this amazing dog that I let others pet, right? You know, it's, it, it brings yeah. joy to other people to engage with what I own, but my ownership is not because of a piece of paper, but through love and years of building our bond, um, and he always returns to me because I've captured like his heart and his soul, um, no matter what fun he might have with others. Like somebody, I, obviously I have a lot to say on this, like somebody who walks my dog or keeps my dog overnight. Mm -hmm. My dog isn't happy to return to me because I own him like property, but because he loves me, mm -hmm. right? Because we're great together. And the key to me is, and this kind of touches on the jealousy bit, because I understand jealousy. I don't, I, I, I have, I've felt jealousy more than once, you know, I mean, it's, um, but for me, if that ever changed, if his, if his desire to come back to me every single time ever changed, mm -hmm. if I were not 100% the best choice for him ever always, I wouldn't want to be in the relationship that we have because that to me is the foundation of what we have. Um, so to talk about jealousy, so jealousy is to me a warning device. Mm. It points to, it often, let me say, often points to needs in a relationship that you're, you're, you're instinctually thinking are not being met. It doesn't mean that they're not being met or even that they should be met. It means that somewhere in your brain, expectations 
are not being fulfilled. It's an internal signal of fear mm. and should be acknowledged and honored, but it's not necessarily as Zach, you said, it's not necessarily somebody else's responsibility to fix it. Right, yeah. And the best way to get over jealousy is to deal with jealousy. It's like a muscle that needs to be worked. If it's weak, yeah. you're gonna have a hard time handling the load, but avoiding it or asking somebody else to like make things different so you're more comfortable doesn't make that muscle stronger, it weakens it. Right, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. jealousy is only overcome when fears are faced and there is consistent love, a strong relationship, communication, returning to one another. I mean, that's how you build the muscles. That's how you lift the weights is you experience it mm. and it hurts because when you build muscle, it fucking hurts. Like you do, you do, you know, 50 squats in a day. The next day you're like having to put your hand on the toilet when you sit down so you don't fall and break that shit, right? Like this is, it hurts to build muscle. It hurts to get stronger at something. I see you speak from experience, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, and I'm glad you, you mentioned that because I one thing I neglected to say, jealousy doesn't make somebody a bad person. It's no. a, it is a human emotion, it is a feeling. So this person who is saying that their dom is is jealous and territorial, they're not a bad person. I'm not saying that. But like any other feeling, if I see something that makes me angry, I have to deal with the anger. I don't go over to them and tell them you're doing something that makes me angry. You need to stop so I don't feel angry. One, you give that whatever it is that's causing that feeling way too much power. And ultimately mm -hmm. you're the only one that feels it. So I always tell people all the time, when you are feeling jealousy because your partner is doing something over there, you need to be aware of the fact that you're the only one feeling that. So you can't go over there and expect them to do something to fix your feeling. But mm -hmm. it, is, it is a human emotion, it's a feeling. And as someone who is a counselor and a student of human behavior, I firmly believe all feelings are valid. They really are. There is something that's making you feel that. And it's valid if yeah. for no other reason than the fact that you feel it. But if it is going to cause strain and difficulty in your relationships, you need to be aware of and cognizant of the fact that I'm feeling jealousy. Usually jealousy is a result of some sort of underlying fear or insecurity. And mm -hmm. that's what needs to be addressed. Where does it come from? address it. Um, where I think we get into trouble, particularly in our society now, is there are people that think that jealousy is somehow a sign of nobility. You know, if you're jealous, it's because you're protective or possessive. And I don't understand how possessiveness over another human being is so vaulted and, and whatnot. Now, like Nookie, I'm also a dom. Um, I can be possessive. My partner that I live in a TPE with, she'll tell you, she is a slave. Now, it took me a long time in our relationship to get to the point of thinking of her that way, but it's because that is what she is and that's how she sees herself. She sees herself as a slave. She sees herself as property and whatnot. And she will speak about herself in the third person as my property. She's got, got a number. I mean, but all this is because we've had long conversations about what are we comfortable with and what do we want in this relationship. And when it came time that she was interested in an, another partner who is also a dom, we had to have sit down and have a conversation. One of the things we do a lot is we have meetings where we negotiate us um, mm -hmm. and, and talk about these things. And like Nookie is saying with, with Pet, where he wrote down his sort of rules and whatnot, and those were agreed upon, we kind of do the same thing. We have, I actually keep a Google file about us. We have meetings. She keeps the minutes. We, you know, keep a record of that and whatnot. And the things that we agree upon are there. You know, she's marked. Mm -hmm. She wears a collar. She will only ever wear my collar. 
Okay, no one else is ever going to call her. Things like that. I mean, but these are things that we've agreed upon via, um, you know, having those negotiations and those conversations. Um, and so, yeah, I'm also possessive because she is a piece of property. And there are times that, you know, I make decisions and she defers, you know, because we have agreed that that's what she's going to do. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. Nikki hashtag asked a question about mm -hmm. uh, the difference between needs and wants. And so I wanted to give you a chance to go back and look at that. Yeah, I think. Uh oh. We lost Nookie, and now she's back. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to have this thing going all by myself, but she pulled a little disappearing act. I think so, that anyway. um, that is actually a question that we can touch on a little bit here. I think we should actually pull that around as another full discussion um, for her hashtag, because I've written about the differences between wants and needs, and there's a lot to talk about and to say on that subject. Um, so True. Real quick, though, here's what I would say. Um, actually, I'm going to tell a quick little story. So Amory, who hosts our Life in Submission, had posted something up on one of the Facebook poly groups about, you know, wants and needs and, and so on and so forth. And somebody got on there and literally, and I was just like gobsmacked, literally got on there and said, well, all you really need is air, water, and food. Everything else is the want. And I was just like, oh, what? Like, ever heard of failure to thrive? Ever heard of touch, touch starve? Like, no. Like, that didn't even take into account Maslow's hierarchy. So there's- I was about to say, nobody, somebody never heard mm -hmm. of Maslow? <laughs> anyway, so one of the challenges um, of determining wants and needs is that if a want goes unmet or ignored for too long, it actually can build to the point of pressure so that it outweighs some of your needs. Um, and that makes it really hard to determine until you actually get to the point of maybe doing some of what Zach and I have been talking about putting together a class on, and that is like radical self-care right? Radical self-care allows you to kind of reset yourself and get down to what are my wants? What are my needs? And then planning to get those fulfilled either through yourself or with interactions with others. Um, All right. No, don't give away too much of my work. <laughs> I do radical self-care self consulting. So don't, no, don't no, not going to give away too down. much. Um, <laughs> that said, needs are things that generally are going to be consistent. You're going to see consistent um, needs throughout all of your relationships. Um, like my need, PDA. I am super affectionate. Like I need to be able to reach out and touch what is mine. Now, I don't need to do it right this moment. That's a want. But I do need to be able to do it most of the time because that is one of the ways that I make my connections with other humans. Um, so yeah, it's really, really interesting to go through and divide those up. And I think that that's definitely something we need to like really give a good 20 minutes to. Zach, do you wanna say anything specifically about that? Um, no, no, I agree with you. We, we should probably leave that out as a, um, 
uh, a good 20 minute let's have because there are a bunch of things particularly with ds that go into that and i like yeah. the way that you kind of mentioned that you know there are your needs his needs your wants and his wants and so yeah i i would save that for a longer conversation okay so hashtag your one your question is actually going to be one of the kinky questions of the week coming up here pretty soon so watch for that to be posted because people will from all over the internet will gather all the links together and you'll be able to see what people said you know pretty much everywhere and then zach and i will tackle it in another one of these little thingy bobbers so yeah yay Thank you for joining me today. If you loved this episode, please share it with others who would enjoy it. And please do join me at DatingKinky.com. It's built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Find me on FetLife as Nookie Notes and on Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook, and Medium as Dating Kinky. We're on Instagram as Dating Kinky Official. All one word. Have a kinky day. And I'll catch you next episode.